official pod is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport, but together at WinBet, we're going to get this thing started in proper fashion. <laughs> we're at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. We're joined by NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah. DJ, what has the past couple of months been like you for you preparing for the draft? Not a lot of sleep, uh, but it's fun. I, I love it. You know, this is, uh, I kind of joked on the conference call the other day, you know, you spend all this time watching these guys. And, you know, nobody in my family wants to hear about these players. So it, I'm like, oh, it's great. Let's talk, let's talk about some of these draft prospects because it's all I've been doing for the last few months. All right. So we're going to talk a lot about the draft. But yeah. Let's start with the Jets and the quarterback position. Yeah. They're not going to be looking for a young quarterback. They're searching for a veteran quarterback. Who do you think makes the most sense for this team? Well, you know, I think you can make a case, you know, for, for several of these guys. Uh, you know, for me, I'm, because I'm such a hoarder of picks and love the draft so much, I like the option of Carr because mm. I feel like you get the veteran quarterback. It doesn't, it doesn't cost you in terms of the draft picks, and then it's not costing you as quite as much as it will cost on the Rodgers front. And I think there's a little more of a, of a runway there where you could have a few more years with him uh, in the fold. So, that's kind of my my. You know, I've seen a lot of Carr doing the Charger games over the last right. few years, and they have had a terrible defense since he's been there. So I, I think he's a good player. I like the cost, and I, I like the fact that you maintain your draft picks. Potentially, what do you think about the fit in the system? New offensive coordinator here with the Jets and Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, I think he fits. You know, I, I you know Carr's he's really a talented player, and he can move, so he can do a lot of different things that in that way. So I, I don't think there's anything that they do in that system that he wouldn't be comfortable with. Um, that's just, you know, in my opinion. Now, you could say, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, you know, in a short spurt here for a year or two years, the ceiling is higher, and, right. and you could play at a very, very high level. Uh, but, again, it's it's going to be expensive. Yeah, no doubt about that. Is your sense that Rodgers is going to play next year? I don't know. Once mm. you know, I don't. I've never met anybody that went to a darkness retreat before, <laughs> so I don't know how you come <laughs> out of that thing. Um, I, I thought, from a marketing standpoint, it was would have been a great move if he was going to go to the Raiders. Yeah, you know, you come right out of the darkness ret retreat, right into the black hole. I thought it would have been an easy uh, sales pitch there from a marketing standpoint, <laughs> but I, I have no idea. <laughs> well said. Okay, so as far as the Jets are concerned, they got to make some decisions, just like all thirty-two clubs have to when you start free agency, but. When you're looking at this team's list of needs, where do you start after quarterback? And well, obviously you start with quarterback, and to me, I, I think the you know it's back to the offensive line. Um, and you know, gosh, I hope that Makai comes back healthy and we get to see him at his best because he's an elite, elite talent when he's out there. You know, get Vera Tucker back healthy. I think his flexibility gives you some options there of whether you want to try and find another tackle, you want to try and find an interior player, um, and then you have a free agent center. So right. to me, it's it's again, it's it's been kind of the focus for a few years now I feel like the skill has is in pretty good shape um, now it's quarterback and now it's you know not only you know getting a starter or two up front along that offensive line just continuing with the depth I mean because gosh there's no team that's been hit with O-line injuries quite like they have the last few years. Jets had a great rookie season from their entire 2022 yeah. class looking back after year one where would you rank that class amongst everybody? Oh my gosh yeah it's not it, it's the best one I mean there's there's other teams that got a lot of really good players. Seattle had a great draft, and they've helped turn their organization around in, in one draft. Did a really nice job. The Detroit had a really nice draft. But, you know, when you just look at what they did with the Jets, and gosh, if Brees Hall stays healthy, you're talking about, in my opinion, the three best rookies in the NFL in one draft. And, and you know, when, when the draft took place and these picks were rolling in, 
saying it on the broadcasting. They got the best receiver in the draft. They got the best running back in the draft. They got the best corner in the draft. They got one of the best edge rushers in the draft. And so, you know, the only thing that kept uh, Jermaine's production down was the fact they're so deep. Right. They didn't get a chance to play as much. But when he was out there, he made meaningful plays. So, yeah, they hit a home run, and then all the way through. I mean, Max Mitchell when he was out there. That's what I was just going to ask well. you about Mitchell because you mentioned uh, Mackay yep. before. The Jets thought Mitchell was going to be a project. That's what yep. Robert Sala said. Mm -hmm. On draft weekend, but the guy comes in early on, and he's forced in a starting role, and he performed well. Yeah, he played well. So, again, that's why I think guys like that give you, you know, with Vera Tucker's versatility, allows you to just get your best five out there. But, I, you know, it's almost like the old adage, you can't have enough corners. Yeah. Um, I think with offensive line right now, just specifically with the Jets, you can't have enough. Like, you know, just be in a position where you can, uh, you can navigate whatever injuries come your way during the season. And I think Joe's background – you know, with the Eagles and, and how they've done it, where they've got, you know, first-round picks that aren't starting uh, along that offensive line because they have so much depth. I think that's the goal. So how do you rate the tackles in this class? Because a lot of people, including yourself, who have the unenviable yeah. task of doing mock drafts so early on, you got the Jets going tackle. But it, it seems like there's a top three have separated themselves. Yeah, you know, to me, Peter Skronsky is the best one from Northwestern. I think he can hold up and play tackle. Mike my comparison actually is Elijah Vera Tucker, mm. you know, so in ABT when he kicked out to tackle was fine, showed that he could play it. So <clears throat> he might end up being an all pro guard when it's all said and done. Um, but I think he can play tackle and I think he's the best tackle in this draft. And then after that, you've got two really intriguing guys with, with big, big ceilings, high ceilings um, with, uh, with Broderick Jones from Georgia and then Paris Johnson from Ohio state. They each have different things they need to work on. Uh, they're not perfect players, but I think the upside with them is, is, is tremendous. And then, I would say Darnell Wright is kind of – he's working his way into this conversation from right. Tennessee. He played really, really well at right tackle for them this year. He had played on the left previously. Uh, was a little bit of a mixed performance there. But last year at the right side, did great. Goes to the senior bowl, has a really nice week there. I mean, he's huge. He's 340 pounds. You can move. Um, I think he's, he's working his way into that conversation. Jets are in an interesting spot at the linebacker position because C.J. Mosley, of course, a Pro Bowl season. He was yeah. great last year. Quan Alexander – unrestricted free agent expiring contract, as is uh, Quincy Williams. Uh, uh, when you look at the linebacker yeah. the depth in this draft, what jumps out at you? Well, I think there's some interesting guys in, in the you know third-round range, mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of the sweet spot. I, I call the Charger games for the radio, and I, they're a great example of this. We're in the fourth round. I think they got Kaiser White, you know, four or five years ago. He played well. They let him walk. He goes, you know, leaves in free agency. Got a pretty nice payday. And then they replace him with a fourth-round pick and Drew Tranquil out of Notre Dame, who's played really well. He'll probably leave this year in free agency. Right. Like, I think it's one of those positions where you can find him in the middle of the draft. Um, you, you get the most out of him you possibly can, and then you let somebody else pay him. You know, that's kind of been the, uh, the format at that position right now. What about the center position? You just mentioned Connor McGovern before. Yeah. He, he's been very durable for the Jets. He's got an expiring contract. We'll just see how free agency unfolds uh, there. But when you look at the draft, uh, what do you think about the position? I think it's. I think there's some good ones, but I think it's top heavy, and yeah. there's not a lot of them. So, um, you know, you look at Tipman from uh, Wisconsin's a really good player. You go to. It seems like they're all in the Midwest. You go to Minnesota <laughs> and John Michael Schmitz, who did a really nice job at the Reese's Senior Bowl. He's a plug and play guy. Steve Avila from from TCU's played guard. He can play center. Um, those are those are some some really good center options that you could plug in. I think would be ready to play right away. How early are those guys going to go? 
I think that that's you know this that group of interior offensive linemen is going to go. I think you'll see a couple of them go late first, and then you'll see. I bet you that all those guys are gone by pick forty. All right. So like I told you before you came on, I was listening to your conference call last night before I went to bed, catching up on the draft. You said eleven tight ends right now <laughs> in the top three rounds yeah. possibly the way you have that graded right now have you ever seen a draft class no like this? it's the best it's the best tight end group i've seen and you know i always want to make sure that i point that out when you say you have when i say i have third round grades R that means this year in the fifth round and maybe even into the sixth round you could get you could get one of those guys they're yeah. not all going to go in the top three rounds but they're they're top three round caliber players and the way that our, you know, the grading scale I operate off of works is these are potential starters. Like these are the chance to be your number one tight end, which is just an insane number of guys. And how many at the end of the day you think are going in the first round? Well, that's what I'm curious about. <laughs> I think that we'll see three of them go. Yeah. Um, but there's also they could be punished because of their depth, where teams are going to say, you know what, this tight end's a little bit better player than this tackle. But, man, we, we feel like we can get the tight end in the third round or the fourth round, and we better get the tackle now. So we'll take the tackle first and push the tight ends down the board. I think sometimes that happens when you have a deep position like that. Um, they get punished for their own success. What do you think about uh, Jeremy Rucker coming out? And, yeah. and what are your expectations for him moving forward? Because uh, when I heard you talk about tight end, I thought about the Jets. Yeah. And the production they got from the veterans in C.J. Uzama, Tyler Conklin, they have more production from that position than they've had in the past 10 years. Yeah. And, and then you're talking about Ruckert, who's a highly athletic dude who came out, had the foot injury. But the Jets were talking awfully high of him late in the year. Yeah, because I think he can help you in the run game, too. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a complete tight end. He can he can block. Um, I, you know, I, I look at that group, and I think they've, they have a lot of really solid players in that tight end room. And as you mentioned, the production, you know, it's been such a weak position yeah. for so long. The production was, was in good shape. But I don't think there's a guy when you play the Jets at the tight end position that you circle and say, oh, gosh, we got to stop this guy. Like, they don't have a big-time difference-making tight end, which in the, in the league right now I think is the most favorable matchup to an offense is a tight end. When you get a good tight end, Safeties can't match up with them because they're too big, and linebackers can't move around with them. So I think it's the best matchup on the field. And if you can go find somebody you think is a difference maker, and you know it's a blue chip player, I still think that's an area I wouldn't be shocked if they went back into that well. How early would you go into that well? Well, it depends on how you have them graded. Yeah. You know, but if you're trying to take this offense to another level, that's a piece that they don't have. You know, they have good players that position. They do not have a blue chip player. So with the depth of this class, maybe that's something you do in the, you know, in the third round, fourth round. Uh, you know Joe Douglas awfully well. Uh, what are your thoughts on the way he's built this thing? We talked about the draft class last year. The Jets had to have a home run. Yeah. They did get that yeah. home run. Now we're talking about landing a quarterback. How close is this team right now? I think they're very close. I mean, you can look at when they were healthy, you know, and, and everybody can even say, gosh, they were only a quarterback away. I, I would argue and say that they were health away from making the playoffs last year. If they were just healthy, even though you weren't getting great play at the quarterback position, I think they would have still gotten to the postseason. Right. Um, so those are the two things they have to figure out. They've got to figure out the quarterback and get that right. I'm confident they'll be able to do that. And then they've got to just keep these guys healthy. You know, if they can keep their, their A-level players healthy, this is as talented a young team as we have in the league. Uh, DJ, a busy week for you. Thanks so much for stopping by. Uh, last question. Yeah. Machado deal. Oh, uh, let's go. You pumped. And also, what do you think about the pitch clock? 
Uh, I, a, I love I'm, – I'm, as a Padre fan, you, you always want to keep your great players. Now I'm just curious to see how many hundreds of millions of dollars they're going to give Soto because I'm sure the way that we're going, we're not going to let him leave either. But the uh, the pitch clock, I didn't know about it. Right. I, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. The game was just moving. It yeah. was great. So I, the only thing I'm curious about is I go to a lot of games, and uh, I feel like I'm going to be nervous to get up and go get some food yeah. because I'm going to miss two innings. <laughs> so that's the only thing. We'll be watching you this weekend. Thanks, buddy. Good to see you, man. Jets fans, we're in our final push and the clock is ticking. WinBet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The WinBet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet Sportsbook or Casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet's sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every $100 you wager. Official Jets Podcast is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport, but together at WinBet, Eric Allen here in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine, joined by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Uh, Jeremy, before we just started taping, you said, hey, America needs the Jets to be good. They're right there, though, aren't they? Uh, yes, they are close. Yes. And it's just a good story, right? Like, it's a huge market. It's a fan base that stretches throughout the nation. Like, they're just, especially in the Northeast, me living in the Northeast for three years now, I see that. Uh, I live in Connecticut. I'd say they're probably more Jets fans than any other fans uh, that I've noticed, which is surprising to me, I guess, because of the Patriots connection, yeah. you know, being in New England. So uh, it's, it's just a great story if they can break through. Okay, so how are they going to break through? And uh, let's start with the quarterback. The Jets have said yeah. from the get-go this offseason that they're committed to finding a veteran quarterback. What does that landscape look like as we sit here in Indianapolis? Yeah, so for them, the process is pretty clear, right? You have Aaron Rodgers as, as option A. Uh, Aaron Rodgers technically is not available yet. Right. The expectation is that he will be, but... That has to shake out with what Aaron Rodgers and the Packers work out. So they're, the Jets, as far as I know, are waiting on Aaron Rodgers, at least to wait on the clarity of, of what's to come and whether he's available. And then you have Derek Carr as option B, right? And uh, option B is bird in hand ready now. And so the Jets are sort of waiting while Carr's sort of waiting, and he has other teams involved. So if he goes and signs elsewhere in the next couple of days, that does put the Jets in a bit of a precarious spot because then they lose the Carr leverage they had. Uh, with making it look like, oh, we don't need Aaron Rodgers that badly. You know, we got Carr, too. Like, it's just this this big game that everybody's playing right now league-wide because you have other teams that are trying to fill the same spot, and they might need to pivot to Jimmy Garoppolo, who's sort of the third option. And then you have Lamar Jackson his way up here as, yeah. like, a possible option. It, it's, I mean, it, it's going to be a wild three weeks. If you're Carr's camp, if you're Derek Carr, are the Jets your number one target? Yeah, people have mentioned um, the Carolina Panthers and obviously the New Orleans Saints and the relationship there with Dennis well, Allen. I don't know that for sure. What I know is that, well, I know that the meeting that he had with the Jets went really well. There's a good vibe there. Um, I, I certainly think there was interest. Uh, what I know is that fit is really important to him. Winning is really important to him. And, um, you know, there, I've even talked to some teams who wonder if Carr wants to go to the NFC just because it's a little bit of an easier path. Less of a, a quarterback pantheon, mm. so to speak. You don't have uh, Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Josh Allen, all those guys. Might be a, a path of least resistance to win. Um, so that would bring Carolina into the mix. 
because they have a talented roster, you know, if they want to go that route. Um, you know, Saints, it's my understanding that they want to get something done with Derek Carr, like mm. that they're ready to do that. So he has options. It's just I get the sense that, you know, he's just sort of waiting it out patiently so that that second team can get heavily involved along with the Saints, and then you have more leverage. So um, it, it kind of helps him to wait a little bit in that way. Do you sense that the Packers do want to move on? They finally got to a point here where, hey, we got confidence in Jordan Love. Yeah. We, we've done this a couple of years with Darren, and, hey, we've had a great relationship yeah. for a long time. Maybe it's our time to part ways. I do. I, I do sense that. Um, now, if he comes to them and says, hey, I want to be here, I don't want to leave, then, okay, what do you do? Do you force their do you force Aaron's hand and trade him anyways? I, I don't know if they'd go that far. But I do get the sense that uh, it's – eerily similar to how the Brett Favre mm. ending occurred, where it's, what, 15 years or whatever, how long it's been? 2008, you know, decade, that's right. Decade and a half, essentially. Um, you have a quarterback with a hell of a run, won a Super Bowl. They get into their late 30s, it's probably time. You know, like the, And Jordan Love is ready to play, wants to play. Packers believe he's ready to play. So that's a big factor in all this. A year ago, I don't know if they'd be in the same spot. You're a national correspondent for ESPN. What would you think about the hypothetical situation of if uh, Rodgers came to New York? How big would that be? I mean, you really can't understate it. I know uh, even though he didn't have a great year on paper compared to his normal MVP standards, like you talk to even coaches around here, Aaron Rodgers still scares them more than just about any other quarterback. I mean, you, you know, where he fits in that order is still hard to say, and you have so many good young ones like Joe Burrow and all those guys we mentioned earlier, Justin Herbert. Uh, and, of course, Mahomes. But Rodgers still commands that respect. He still scares defensive coordinators. I think that's why the Jets are willing to wait. Like, it's pretty clear to them that on the field, mm-hmm. Rodgers is the best fit. You know? Now, I'm fascinated to see what's, what happened with the New York media and Rodgers. Like, he's in Green Bay, uh, which is a little bit of a different market. Right. Um, and, you know, we all know he's a unique personality, and uh, he likes to share things on the Pat McAfee show and all those things. It would be fascinating to see that play out in New York. Potential suitors, you hear the Jets being talked about, and then the Las Vegas Raiders as well. Do you think yeah. there'll be other teams in the mix? Because if you're Green Bay and you eventually get to that point where, hey, listen, yeah. it's time for Jordan Love, yeah. and also we're going to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, you probably have a lot of incentive to get him to the AFC. Right. And I don't know the exact teams yet. I mean, I've heard a little bit of the Raiders. I haven't confirmed as firmly that they're in and inquiring the way the Jets have, but everybody involved knows that there will be at least multiple teams, probably several teams. Yeah, like that that will be the expectation. It won't be just the Jets. It will be others, and it should be a pretty good market. Like, because despite his $60 million or almost $60 million that's guaranteed this year, uh, the cap at the way it's spread out with the Packers having to handle some of the signing bonus, the new cap hit for the acquiring team is not bad. It's like 16 million this year right it's totally manageable for a new team to take that on what do you think about potential compensation if a trade indeed does take place that's a hard one yeah um because of the age but he can still play i gotta think a first round pick is still involved you do i I do yeah um but not much more than that or maybe you can package a second and a third or, or do it a certain way but um i would say it's definitely not going to be in that, you know, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson realm we saw. Probably somewhere in between Russell's trade, which is two ones and players. Right. There and, you know, the run-of-the-mill Carson Wentz type trade, which is a couple third-round picks. Maybe somewhere in the middle of that, I would guess. So 
if Derek Carr signed with the Jets, mm-hmm. if that was the match, yeah, uh, he, he makes a free agency deal with the green and white. And I've talked to a number of people here, and you probably echo these sentiments. Carr wants to get this done sooner than later. I'm not just talking about the Jets, but before yeah. the league year starts, before free agency starts getting yes. underway, right? Um, what do you? Where would that take the Jets uh, as far as their roster is concerned right now? And you add a piece like that. You're saying if they added yeah, a car? Yeah. So, well, it just it solves the most important position. That's really what they need. I mean, it's – I push back a little bit on the notion that the Jets are just, like, loaded at every position, like, ready to win a championship with a quarterback. I'm not there yet. Okay. Offensive line needs a lot of help, and they know that. Um, now, they've uh, – the Jets and Joe Douglas now have the benefit of the doubt with how they've drafted for the most part that they uh, will get that done. Like whatever needs they need filled, they'll get good players in the draft because you've seen that with what they have with the Garrett Wilsons and the Sauce Gardeners. And and really, you know, the class that they put together last year has a chance to be one of the greats in the league of the last decade. You know, you look at New Orleans, their class four or five years ago, um, you know, the Colts had a great class recently. And and I think the Jets, what they did last year will match up with that kind of class. Um, so that's that really builds you up as a foundation for five to ten years, you know. Um, so they're pretty well set. But I, I still, you know, they could use another DB, probably a safety. They could use their line help. Um, it's not a finished product if you slide the quarterback in. But Carr provides um, a lot of stability because I think the, the notion league-wide was like, okay, if they just had capable quarterback play last year or just uh, competent quarterback play, right. they would have won more games and pushed for the playoffs. So, uh you know, Carr can certainly do that, but he didn't have a good year, you know, and, and he struggled in the cold at times. So, um, But he's still considered a, a good, sol- solid starter who can get it done. What are, Jeremy, what are some of your favorite storylines this week? Not just the off season, but as far as we're here in Indianapolis, you got the league year approaching only a couple weeks away, and then obviously the yeah. draft coming up after that. Yeah, well, we just heard uh, GM Joe Shane talk, the Giants GM. Yep. And that's interesting with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. They'd like to try to sign both of those guys by the franchise tag deadline, which is going to be hard. You got till March 7th, so I don't know if they could pull it off. That's that's an interesting one. Um, just all the cuts league-wide, you know, cap casualties, players being released. There'll be a lot of good players uh, that will be looking for new homes here soon, so that's interesting to me as well. It, it, very interesting today with the news out of Buffalo. Huh? Leslie Frazier will yeah. not be back as defensive coordinator, going to take a year off and then yeah. come back in 2024. Yeah, I, it, that is fascinating. I, I did not expect that. Um, I actually corresponded with him a few days ago. About oh, really? Else, and I didn't. I had no idea. I wish I, wish I would have asked him yeah. if he was coming back because I assumed he was, you know. Um, yeah, he's, you know, uh, He's had a good run in Buffalo, been a head coach. Like, he's accomplished a lot. So I think he just figured, hey, it's time to, to reset and get a gear and, and, and come back and be a, a you know a coordinator name next year. Yeah, it was it, that was a, a shock to the system a little bit. Yeah, if you're a potential free agent, you got an expiring contract, and you look at the Jets out there, and you look what happened a couple of weeks ago at NFL Honors, Sauce Gardner, defensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson, offensive rookie of the year. Garrett Wilson said that, hey, if Brees Hall was healthy this year, he probably would have been offensive rookie of the year and would have been a runaway. You look what the Jets did on the defensive side of the ball, going from last in the league to top five in basically every important category across yeah. the board. And then you look at what Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, their relationship is, and also yeah. the way Sala connects with people inside the locker room. How attractive of a destination has this become and potentially can it become if you do get the quarterback in place? 
I think so. You're talking about like free agents yeah. in general? Yeah. Yeah, certainly uh, Robert Sala is a guy that, that uh, people like to play for. You know, coaches respond to him. Um, you know, he creates a good culture in the locker room. And, yeah, it's – I think – well, the money's always going to talk, right, with free agents. Sure. I mean, that's number one. We know that. So uh, the Jets have to not only be able to maximize the dollar for a player, but sometimes if you have a Jacksonville or a team in Florida or in Texas – talking to some tax, income tax. you got to fight that too. <laughs> but uh, if all things are equal, yes, I do think the Jets are – more uh, more digestible for free agents than maybe they were in the past. You know, you feel like you're going to a place where you can win, uh, but there's at least hope to win. Uh, I got a feeling we're going to see a, a lot of you here in the coming weeks because Jets are going to land a quarterback. Who it is, we're about to find yeah. out. Uh, Jeremy Fowler, thanks for stopping yeah. by. Thank you.